0: Hi there, this is Donna Bordeaux with Campground Accounting, and you're listening to Campground Compass, the show dedicated to campground owners in an entrepreneurial mindset who seek to grow and expand in the wild and wonderful world of business. Welcome to Campground Compass Podcast. I'm Donna Bordeaux with my sidekick here.
1: Zach Bordeaux.
0: Welcome, son everybody. Son
1: of Donna Bordeaux, CPA, <laughs> the Oracle, all the names that she might be known by.
0: Well, we got some interesting topics to cover today and get into a a little deeper topic that'll help you move your campground forward. But before we get into that, let's talk about some cool stuff that we've seen. So, we um, went to dinner in downtown Charlotte, and while we were walking to the restaurant, we ran across A little gadget that was running down the streets with us.
1: Yep. So let's take a look at the Tiny Mile robot. Um, It has free delivery of anything. It's like DoorDash kind of, but it's like... It's a robot. Uh, But it's free. Uh, And we saw uh, the robot kind of moving down the street. But here's like a video. We'll see if it'll... Load. Hopefully, you can hear it and it's not echoing.
0: Yeah, so this little bot was just rolling down the street all by itself. And you can see it's kind of small. Um, and of course, we stopped. We were like, what in the world is that? So, this little robot rolled on by, and then, of course, I had to take a picture of it, and then look it up, and find out what it was doing. Uh, but right now, this little bot is, I think it's kind of in the, we'll say the beta test mode, where they have it, and anybody who wants to use it, and it has a radius of probably, I don't know, a mile or two around downtown Charlotte.
1: I think it was like seven miles, actually. Seven miles, wow. I forget what the, uh...
0: But, uh... It's going to deliver um, food, it can deliver whatever you want. You tell it where to go to pick up whatever its cargo is, and then you tell it where to deliver it. So you could have, uh, if your fr- you le- let's say you left your keys at your friend's house. You could have the robot go to your friend's house, pick up the keys, that person loads the keys in there and then that thing will roll around the streets and come find you and tell you wherever you have it. And you open it up via the app and take your contents out. So neat stuff. You could do food. You could do medicines, prescriptions, um, documents. They were talking about lawyers uh, could use it. If you need documents physically signed, send them to different places really cool concept yeah
1: so here's the delivery area we'll go here's center charlotte right in the center yeah and you might not be familiar with charlotte as we are because we live here but um it'll go all the way out to i don't know how far it is from center city to Optimus park oh, let's see
0: that's probably three or four miles at least maybe five miles it's a pretty good way if it went from one side of that circle to 1. the other...
1: 1.7 mile radius, so...
0: Okay. All right.
1: It's not bad.
0: Not bad, so. yeah. That covers a pretty good distance yeah. as far as how many yeah. people and businesses are in that range, yeah. so...
1: Yeah, so, um, and it's free is the other thing that seems confusing. Um, it says on their website, Tiny Mile is actively collaborating with the community sponsors to offer this service. We believe in creating community-based solutions that can improve neighborhoods and enhance lives of those who call them home. Um, and so,
0: so you could sponsor yeah. it and put your name on the side of the yeah. bot, and that's what's paying for the bot to roll mm-hmm. around all day.
1: Yeah. So Pretty this cool. kind of like there was like a, I saw a while back they had free water where they gave out free boxes of water. Yeah. Like, milk boxes. Right. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. it was completely free, and it was like spring water, but it was free because people advertised on it. This is kind of the same concept, uh, if you've seen that.
0: So, what in the world does this have to do with the campground, you ask? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, think. let's think some bigger picture here. You have a small area. What if this was delivering things around your campground? So... Mm-hmm. I want to order some firewood. I want to order uh, an ice cream bar. Hopefully it gets there fast. <laughs> um, I want some candy. I need some s'mores fireworks. Kits, yeah. <laughs> some s'mores kits, of course. Yeah. Um, so you could use this not only to take the place of a human yeah. body who might be too busy to deliver it, but what kind of cool factor could that add to your campground?
1: Yeah, and also the... um. The robot, people will be, if you're one of the first people to adopt this, people will definitely be taking pictures and talking about it on social media. Yeah. It's a good marketing as well. Uh, yeah, it's and very interesting.
0: If we do a little throwback to about two or three, I think it was three years ago probably, maybe 2019 or maybe 18 even, KOA did a whole process on the future of campgrounds. And they put out their uh, big projection as to what campgrounds will look like in the future. And they, to their credit, included a delivery bot in there. So maybe we're not all that far off. Uh, That would be a really cool addition to a campground.
1: Yeah. I know I would want to see that.
0: Definitely. That would make me want to go camping somewhere just to try it out. Yeah. Even if I didn't need firewood or s'mores, I'd buy some. Yeah. A good way to increase yeah. your retail sales. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, we're going to keep our eye out. If you run across any campgrounds or anybody else using this bot uh, like this in a cool way, I'd love to hear about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next thing we want to talk about
0: is the IRS. The IRS. Ooh. Are they listening? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> ah, yeah. The IRS announced finally, that they are going to relieve penalties for 2019 and 2020 because of COVID. So, not everything in the world, but if you had a late filing penalty, uh, if you had some issue related to um, an income tax return, whether it's corporate or individual, you should be getting a check in the mail if you paid those penalties already and didn't get them abated. Uh, They are going to automatically send those checks out. Uh, I believe they're going to send them through the end of October. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you probably should. And maybe you want to check on it if you haven't received it. But those should be coming automatically. Mm -hmm. Um, And at this point... All tax returns for 2021 should be filed. So 2021 does not get penalty relief automatically. So make sure you've got those filed. If for some reason you haven't, do it ASAP. The penalties are racking up. We know the IRS is hiring people. They want to send you notices. You don't want somebody coming to the door in a blue windbreaker, right?
1: Yep, yeah. (laughs) 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 Well, um, you know, I don't know. One of these episodes got messed up, so it didn't happen. So, I have an IRS alert. I don't know if I used it in the last episode or not because I don't know the order that these are going to come out in.
0: All right. Well, while we're talking about the IRS, um, I always tell people tax planning and tax preparation are not the same thing. They are very different animals. So, just because you prepared your taxes... Doesn't mean you're doing planning. Planning happens at a whole different time of the year. So typically, planning happens uh, anywhere from April until December of the current year. So if we're working on 2022 right now, we need to plan what those tax returns look like. So planning does not mean looking at what happened a year ago. That would be out of the way. And my buddy Ron Baker has the greatest quote I love. Uh, based on planning he says using last year's financial statements for planning. is like using a smoke detector to bake cookies <laughs> Love it Ron. Pretty Nobody good would do that, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> So we need to make sure that you get your planning mode in play here So that you don't have to deal with the after-effects and the IRS all right so Get tax returns planned right now for 2022 or whatever current year you're in right now when you're watching this, you need to be planning. We are doing planning starting in June now. Uh, You can never plan too early. And I want to share with you a couple things. I was telling Zach about some great planning and I get really jazzed up about these because this is where we really can make a difference in a campground owner's life. (laughs) in their park and their personal life. Um, Just a couple examples. I went through and we have a list of 87 strategies that we look at for each and every business that we work with to verify if it works. And those could be anything from retirement to planning with their children, hiring their kids, uh, depreciation elections, all kinds of things I think are fun but nobody else does (laughs) unless you're an accountant. (laughs) But when you see the results of this, you're going to think it's pretty fun. Um, With one of my clients in particular, we have worked with for about three years now. And we've made some tremendous differences compared to where they started with. We've changed their entity structure a little, added an entity in there, got a little creative on how we do things. Not illegal creative, I'll i'll preface that got creative by following the rules but implementing strategies to save money so in their case um in year one they also had a prior accountant who didn't understand about axles on park models so we were able to do a whole lot of catch-up depreciation that first year when we were working with them that first year, we knocked it out of the park. They were probably going to pay about 100000 in taxes, and instead they paid zero because we were able to do so many good things. Now, one of the fear factors of those kinds of years is, okay, you fixed everything in one year. What are you <laughs> going to do in year two? Is it going to yeah. be really bad? Yeah. Well, not if you're planning. Yeah um so year two they did a lot of investing in improvements because they didn't have to pay the irs so all of a sudden they had some extra cash that they didn't realize they were going to have so they were able to add and expand their park Mm -hmm. so that was great but guess what that generates more depreciation more things for me to play with yep
1: yep and those people have a lot of brilliant ideas in their park um if you're watching, you probably know who you are. We're going to try to get you in one of these episodes, hopefully. Um, we won't say the name just yet. You'll learn about it pretty soon. Just stay patient. Good things are to come. But um, y'all need to be ready because these people are very I'm not going to say those folks.
0: The IRS is...
1: Yep, yep.
0: So... That's now what we need
1: now we need a, a rescue from the IRS button. We're
0: gonna have to get a life vest. Yeah, or, a life a uh, little life ring. A little yeah. life ring. Yeah.
1: I'll write it down.
0: You got it. Take some notes there. All right. So year three rolls around for that same park, and how are we gonna knock it out of the park this time? Well, first off, we keep up with the strategies we've implemented in prior years that are multiple year strategies. We do that, and we keep everything rolling. I did their planning for year three now and we saved in one year over $170,000 and that is from where they were when they started. So if they would just stayed on with that prior accountant and just kept rolling on down the line, doing the same old things they were doing, the same structure they had, they would have been paying $170,000 more than they will this year. And their balance due projected to the IRS come April, $4,000. So would you rather pay $174,000 or $4,000?
1: I think we know the right answer, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that is just one story. I have oodles of those. We do this strategy planning for every one of our clients, and the results are staggering. At what planning can do. So if you are not doing planning right now, please, whether get it's me board. or somebody else, get on board. Let's not just burn money. Let's burn firewood and make money instead.
1: There you go. My wise words, wise words. So that, in fact, is going to be our million dollar idea this week is to plan, plan, and plan some more. Keep it planning.
0: Yeah. And not just planning on taxes. Obviously, you know from an accountant, you're going to hear that you should plan for taxes. But let's talk a little deeper about campgrounds specifically. So what else should a campground plan for?
1: So the first thing we want to talk about is dynamic pricing. If it'll transition. There we go. And we're going to talk about some dynamic pricing. We talk about this a lot uh, just because it is really important. Um, And it's a good way to prepare for the upcoming year because you can make more money.
0: And and pricing is super important nowadays. Uh, Mm -hmm. It never ceases to amaze me when I talk with campground owners who don't want to increase their prices, and yet they tell me, oh, no, I don't need to. My park is full.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good thing, folks.
0: No. So if your occupancy is too high which there is a too high, too high meaning above about 80%, you should be increasing your pricing. Mm -hmm. And you can leverage that increase in pricing with dynamic pricing. And I'll give you a little example. You and I just traveled to Ohio to go visit families. And in the fall, um, I don't know exactly what was going on, but I know that's very high season for weddings. Mm -hmm. So we were there over a long weekend. And when I checked the hotels, they were outrageous. And they were all full.
1: In the middle of a little town in Ohio.
0: Yeah, like, who's going to Ohio right yeah. now? What is going on? Yeah. So I checked, and the cheap hotel, not a great hotel, but a cheap hotel was like $284 a night. And they weren't just one hotel that price because... They are all using dynamic pricing. So they all know if the supply is low, the price goes up. Mm -hmm. So I said that backwards. If the demand is high, yes, supply is low, then the price goes up.
1: Come on, figure this out.
0: (laughs) Hey, it's early yet. Um, So I checked out Airbnb. All right, now Airbnb is getting smarter, well, not Airbnb itself, but its customers are getting smarter. There are platforms you can use to do dynamic pricing on your one-off rentals. Mm-hmm. It will compare your property versus everything else around you and automatically adjust your pricing. Mm-hmm. But not everybody knows about that yet. Yeah. And apparently not everybody in Ohio knows about <laughs> it. <laughs> so we stayed... At a private suite off somebody's house. It had four rooms, Mm -hmm. a fabulous shower, kitchen, all the equipment.
1: Jacuzzi, all of the above.
0: Yeah, much nicer than what we would have had in that crappy hotel. For about half the price.
1: Well, the last time we went to Ohio, a little story time. You get a story time button too. (laughs) This is a, the last time we went, we stayed in a Fairfield Inn. Now, I usually wouldn't say the name, but it was.
0: Yeah, they need to know. They
1: need to know. <laughs> uh, but we stayed there, and the whole place just reeked of weed. The, we walked in there, and we're like, this room just reeks of weed. So we went back down to the front desk, and we're like, well, can we change our room? They said, oh, all the rooms are, they're all taken. Should have been using dynamic pricing. They wouldn't have all been taken.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Sorry. Not sorry. Um, but anyways, we moved to a different room. And then it was right next to the people smoking weed. They were right across from us. And when we would walk out in the mornings to go get in our car to go to see seed family, you could see the pot growing in the window.
0: Yeah. It yeah. was like they just turned yeah. their head and looked the other way yeah. and didn't really care.
1: And, um, you know, the one day they had like, they would have like a single Dorito laying outside of their door. <laughs> And then the one day they had their entire trash can was out here and it was just piles of KFC and Taco Bell and
0: ramen noodles, ramen noodles. <laughs> just it's like, what is mess. going on? <laughs> yeah.
1: And we asked the front desk people, we're like, what is going on here? Like, well, I don't know. We can't really do anything about it.
0: <laughs> I don't know why. Um, why? It's illegal there. So yeah. there, there's obviously, there obviously something that they, something they could have done about it. Do. Yeah. But they chose not to. Yeah. But this brings kind of a, a off the topic a little bit on the planning, but still on it. You know, these types of experiences are getting more and more common in hotels. Mm-hmm. People are shifting out. They said, well, don't really want yeah. that experience. Yeah. So what do you specialize in as a campground? Experience. So if you have park models, campers that are on site that people can rent, people... Don't have RVs, can come to your park, you have an amazing mm-hmm. opportunity yeah. to offer a different experience. So, right. make sure that you're leveraging Airbnb and, also, and yeah, other things to, that, yeah. to market that.
1: Yeah, make sure, like for cabins, especially put that on Airbnb.
0: Yeah,
1: if you know, if you can put it on Airbnb because people will be looking for a place to stay, absolutely, and they might not want to stay in a hotel, they might want to stay at an Airbnb, and a cabin's a perfect place to do that
0: yeah especially i mean with kids kids have room to go outside and run around and play and do things that is pretty aggravating in a hotel when you're all cooped up everybody's nerves get high if they've got young kids running around so yeah yeah so planning going back to our point get your pricing right and i can tell you that the marketplace campgrounds, still I hear the complaints. Oh, we don't like dynamic pricing because then what if somebody calls? How do I tell them what the price is? I got news for you. You're making a bigger deal out of this than you need to. People understand how dynamic pricing works. They're used to it already. Just tell them, go to your website or if you want to walk them through and say, hey, what days do you want to come? I'll check the pricing for you. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Yeah. So, Get your acting gear. If you're using a reservation software uh, that's been made in the last ten years, <laughs> you probably have access to flip a switch and turn on dynamic pricing. Mm-hmm. If you don't, it may be time to consider a new reservation system.
1: Correct. Gone are the times when you can say, "Well, every night's twenty-five dollars a night. Grab whatever yeah. site you want."
0: Yeah. You know,
1: those it's, are. That's not the way we do it anymore. That's not the way the industry works. No. And that's not the way to make any money out of your campground.
0: And remember, you've got increasing costs. You, if your pricing hasn't changed in the past two years,
1: yeah, you
0: have just blown your profit. Yeah, the price of everything's gone up, and that includes campsites. So, number one, dynamic pricing. Get it in gear. Get your pricing updated to plan for the new year. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. So, we also talk a lot about um, not cutting or cutting expenses. And raising prices, and we obviously we know which one's better is to raise your prices than to cut expenses. But we'll kind of transition out of this and talk about um, the reservation system and updating your website. Your website's going to be one of the easiest ways to market anything about your campground. Uh, if people are looking for a place to stay, the website is typically the first place that they go to. Uh, it doesn't really matter whether you think that people go there, they do. If your reservation system's on your website, people are going to your website. So make it look pretty. Update it. Add some photos, and not just photos of like your sites. Add photos of people having fun at your park.
0: Absolutely.
1: If you have amenities, advertise them. Wi Fi, advertise that. Um, anything like that. Make sure you are advertising through your website more.
0: And also, just a, a sideline one of my pet peeves on your website your address and phone number need to be front and center on every single page if i'm driving in and i have questions about how to get there what time i'm going to be there what time i can check in make it easy for us to find the phone number and the address for the gps also speaking of gps if you are one of those parks where people shouldn't follow their gps they could get themselves into trouble and you need to have specific directions, please make sure those are front and center too, not just on one page with the directions. Any place you list your address, you should put a note about those directions there.
1: There's plenty of times that we've gone in the RV when those roads were definitely not built for the RV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Like the one that we had, uh, where was that where we had a Unhook the truck and turn the RV yeah, around. Yeah, that
0: was on a mountain in Colorado. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> we were in a mountain in Colorado and we were driving. Need another story time button right now. <laughs> um, but we were driving and, you know, we're in the RV and there's this big sign. It's like something it turned around now. It road said road, road
0: closed 14 miles ahead. Yeah. yeah. And we thought, uh-oh, if they're telling us now. <laughs> yeah. So we thought, and to kind of back up, we had two different GPSs we were testing, like the standard Waze or Apple Maps, and then we were using a trucker GPS trying it out. And the trucker map told us to go to the left at an intersection, and the Waze told us to go to the right. So we took a second, and we were like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's follow the trucker app. It probably knows better. We're in mountains (laughs) in Colorado. So that's what took us to the way where the road was closed 14 miles ahead. So we ended up. There was a little bit of a turn off on the side of the road.
1: Not much of one, but not enough when you
0: have a tow vehicle to make that turn and cut it, and you can't back up when you have a tow vehicle. So we ended up, we got kind of blocked the whole road. Luckily, there weren't many cars on that road. And we had to unhook the truck and back everything up. Go on back down the mountain a little bit yeah. and turn around and get rehooked. Yeah but and there
1: was a truck that stopped to help us, and he said, "Well, good thing you turned around because you would have never made it down that road. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, good thing we turned around now.
0: Yeah, thanks for giving yeah. us the directions <laughs> <laughs> at that park. Yeah, <laughs> they could have so, helped us.
1: Yeah, so yeah. that's so, obviously that's another thing that's sometimes it's not applicable when it is applicable. Make sure that yes. it is on your website yes. everywhere.
0: So you sh- think of your website as the all-purpose instruction manual for every guest who is coming. Whether you think like one person out of 10 needs to know something, mm-hmm. put it out there. You know, people always complain yeah. about the rules. Put them out there. Then you don't have to worry yeah. about somebody saying, well, I didn't know I couldn't bring my five dogs with me. You yeah. should have known it was on the rules on the website. But if you wait until they get there and then tell yeah. them that, you're gonna have unhappy campers. Yep, definitely. So use that website. It doesn't cost you a thing to add another page or a few more words here or there.
1: Yep, and and you make know, it pretty. Yeah, don't,
0: don't don't
1: trying to figure out how to say this the best way. The cheapest option is almost never the best option. The paid version, paying somebody to design your website. Is most likely going to be a lot more efficient unless you are a website designer than yeah. doing it yourself. The do it yourself thing has to stop. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of the times it just doesn't look right. Things and are, there's things that you would not even notice that everybody else will.
0: And I want to emphasize one thing when I talk about the rules, make sure the tone of your website is right. Yes. Don't make the tone of your website be, don't bring this, don't bring that, don't do this. You're trying to entice somebody to come join you and have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? So tone down the harshness. I know a lot of times as owners, you get into this groove of pet peeves of people who break all your rules, who don't follow what you want them to do. Don't make your website a negative Nelly. You
1: drive more than (laughs) three miles an hour on a golf cart because it's impossible to drive three miles an hour.
0: (laughs) So tone it down. Remember, you're trying to make happy people. Think about put it through the filter. What would Disney do? Yeah. Put it through that filter and look at your website. Would Disney post this on their website? How would they do it? Mm-hmm. Think about that and make sure it's a, a an enticing website that yeah. makes people want to come, not just and, a negative. Yeah. note.
1: And another thing on this, talking about the words, hire a copywriter. Yeah. Don't just like. Say, well, I could, could do it. it. No, no, you can't. You can do it, but not nearly as good as a copywriter.
0: Yeah, you and know? I'm a good one for that because yeah. I write technical. Yeah, all the time, I and most too. business owners do. Um, but we have a copywriter, Rebecca. Shout out to Rebecca. She she's going to be on here wonders. soon too. So yeah, get she's going to talk to you. Her visual imaging of words is incredible. And if I were to write a website for a campground, it would say, you know, we have a pool, we have a camp store, you can get your supplies. If she writes it, it is going to be this incredible journey of... Magical
1: waterway of of fun. I mean,
0: you're going to have a whole story picture of words in your head that I am not capable of writing. And yeah. most business owners aren't,
1: yeah, and I mean, you have to find these people, and it's hard to find them that are actually yeah. skilled in copywriting. you know, I'm on the entrepreneurship Twitter side of things, and I get like messages, and people are like, "Hey, want to connect um am copywriter from India."
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think we've met the match there
1: maybe. Except for why would, if you're a copywriter, then why wouldn't you use correct grammar? Yeah. Hire somebody who's actually good. Don't worry about trying to find the cheapest option again. You know, sometimes it can be hard because the money doesn't seem worth it or that kind of stuff. But consider your ROI. If this can increase your sales by 10%, by 20%, by X amount of percent, is it worth it? And the chances are, yes, it is.
0: Yeah, find a way to make sure that your website is like your big first impression to anybody. So make sure it's a good one. Yep. An extraordinary one. Yeah.
1: So the next thing we're going to move into is slapping a new coat of paint on something. Yeah. Um, Whether this is cleaning up your fences or, you know, whatever it is.
0: We talk about this a good bit where, uh, you know, when we are immersed in environments... Day in, day out, we don't see things that guests would see. So what I suggest here is if you've got a person that you know, we all have that kind of friend who will tell you anything. They will tell you if you have, you know, your something in your nose. You have know, that person, yeah. like they're going to tell you what they see. Invite them over one day and don't get mad. Make yourself <laughs> put on your little shield but have them tell you what they see you chances are you have a pile of crap somewhere in the back that people see but you don't even notice because it's been there for six years Um, where could you put a few bucks this is usually a cheap fix that makes an extraordinary difference so Mm -hmm. a coat of paint planting some flowers trimming some trees updating faded signage that's always one of my favorites Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have handwritten signs somewhere? Oh my goodness! Get rid of those. Go print nice signs at a a sign shop or get lettering. You know, don't put the sign on the door that says uh, you know your new phone number. Yeah. Run down to the sign shop. Get them to do some vinyl lettering and fix that. Make it look new. At the
1: very worst case, if you have some sort of emergency, print.
0: Yes, print. Printers.
1: They're the way of the future, And spell check them.
0: Yeah, Yeah. spell check them, please. (laughs) One of my favorite things on Facebook is I uh, work with Kaiser and Bender. They're retail sales experts. And they're forever posting pictures of weird signage that people find. Everybody sends it to them. You know, when people put on their sign out front, we're hiring. And I forget, there's like something underneath it. They're two separate messages, but when you read them all together. Yeah. What? We're hiring alligators? Well, another or, one. <laughs> another one
1: that we've experienced is the Walt Mart.
0: Oh yeah, Walt, Walt- Mart.
1: Walt Mart.
0: Walmart does not have a T in it. We went. Well, it does have a T in it, just at the end, just <laughs> yeah, not in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I went to. A, we went to a campground. This is probably we figured like seven or eight years ago because you were pretty young yeah. and sick. Yeah. And I'll never forget their instructions, like on their little brochure they had printed up. They had a page inside that had nearby restaurants and places to go. And it listed the Walt Mart. And As a I, at that time, excursion. I was like, oh, geez, you know, it was an older yeah. family that ran the campground. Yeah. All right, I give them a little pass. Maybe but, they got
1: a typo, yeah.
0: All right, I visited there recently. <laughs> like they, literally
1: seven years later.
0: Yes, they updated that sheet because it was newly printed. It wasn't one of those that was like sideways on the copier. Yeah. So they updated that sheet. That sheet said Walmart on it five times. They still think it's Walmart. It's so not, people. It's not. But spell check your signs. <laughs> Make sure they look decent. Again, put it through that filter. What would Disney do? <laughs> would Disney put the sign on the wall that has a marker that says the toilet's out of order? No. Uh-uh. They'd
1: have a picture of Mickey Mouse there with a little <laughs> yeah. speech bubble to tell you that the toilets are broken.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it would be printed, and it would look like it was supposed to be used yep. when that yep. situation arises. Yep. So, slap a coat of paint on something, fix something up, have somebody ha- teach you to get rid of some pile or something you got yep. going on.
1: Yep, and these two kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, but we're going to talk about making a list of improvements Um if you notice that in the near future your electric boxes need to be painted better or um, your picnic tables are broken in half and you got splinters coming up out of them or um, you know, your campsite. That is getting a bit so rough <laughs> around the yeah. edges. Yeah, anything like that. If you see lists of improvements, they might not be things that you need to do right this instant, but things that need to be done pretty soon so that your campsite, and campground do not look like crap.
0: And one of the reasons you want to make a list of this is, I always have my campground owners, especially when we first start working together, make this list, and under each item, after you've made the list, I want you to add in two other columns. So first off, about how much would it cost? So is this a $100,000 swimming pool fix? Or is this a five grand, we need to add a new fence. Mm-hmm. All right. So put an estimated price doesn't have to be exact, but a ballpark. And then next to it, I want you to put in what would happen if you had this, would you be able to get a return on your investment faster on one thing versus another? So maybe the fence doesn't give you the faster reinvestment, uh, a return on investment, but having a swimming pool heater in the winter would expand your season by two months in the shoulders and you could get more guests. Mm-hmm. Or you could command a higher price if you had a swimming pool. Uh, look at those return on investment side to help you prioritize because if you have two projects that cost the same amount, how do you decide which one comes first? You look at the one with the greater return on investment.
1: Yep, yep. And, and another thing we, we talk- talk- or is discuss a lot, lot- Treating your park, park and the things thing you buy as an investment, not as a purchase, there's, there's a big difference, difference when you look at it as well. I'm just blowing five thousand know, dollars on, you know, a picnic table, or I'm investing five, $5 thousand dollars so that more people can, can visit my park and more people will see the beautiful picnic, picnic, table picnic table at my park. You know, know? and have a better there's, experience. Yeah, there's a big mindset shift when you think of things as an investment versus a purchase
0: yes yeah definitely so get that list of improvements ready and this is something you can continually update as you think of new things or as you cross things off the list and complete them Mm
1: -hmm. yep so we're going to move into the newsletter i know i popped it up on the screen for video listeners you probably just saw or video watchers you probably just saw it um We're going to talk about a newsletter in our part two. We're going to just go kind of brief on this, and we'll do more episodes on this in the future. But have a newsletter. Yeah. When you see something pop up in your email, most people check their email fairly regularly. I check mine four or five times a day. So I see my email very constantly. Anytime something pops up, I see it almost instantly because it pops up as a notification on my phone, which I always have. Uh, But if somebody is like, Thinking, where should we go over spring break? And they see this nice newsletter pop up that says, "Well, we're offering a new pool. We're offering new fences. We have new fences, or I don't know about new fences necessarily, but Maybe patio but with sites a, or... with a picture where it looks really nice, where your park looks presentable. People are going to be a lot more willing, and it's a good marketing, not scheme, but marketing." Tactic. Uh, tactic that's the word i'm looking for not scheme um <laughs> kind of is a scheme but it's a good scheme yeah if that makes sense yeah but it's a good way to market your park so if somebody sees something pop up on your newsletter
0: yeah like, so well, maybe we'll best practice when you take a reservation i hope you're getting an email address so if you're using online systems you're definitely getting that um if you're not you need to make sure that you're able to capture the email address of somebody making a reservation in one way, shape, or form, whether mm-hmm. it's just them telling it to you and you putting it into your system. You need to be sending them a confirmation of that. Mm-hmm. So if you're capturing that information, guess what? You have a mailing list. Mm-hmm. This is a, a goldmine of marketing, okay? When you get that email address, you want to make sure they're added to your marketing list. So with your newsletter, a couple things I want to add. Uh, First off, events. When you have events in your your system, you want to be sending those out. And I'd give it a good six or eight weeks in advance if you can because that's going to be your booking site and people need time to plan. So events should be in there. If you have any new features, upgrades, uh, new patio sites you've added, new sites, um, a new local event. Center has opened nearby that you're cross-promoting. Promote that. Also, if you are having uh, a, a slow time of the year. Now, that's the perfect place to say, okay, next weekend, come in for the weekend and get an extra day because we're trying to build guests to fill those lower time frames in your occupancy. Or uh if you visit this event center we'll give you x percent Mm -hmm. off of your reservation there's a lot of things you can do and just being top of mind letting people remember that fabulous time they had the fabulous Mm -hmm. experience at your park the last time they were there
1: yep so events we'll talk about events for a quick minute here but events are um a great another great way to market whether it's you know, something that has to do with your park or whether it's just, like, inviting a local, say, Rotary Club or something like that into your park. Um, Having, like, a pavilion or something like that to get more community involvement in your park is definitely going to help you grow and expand.
0: Absolutely. And those types of clubs, uh, whether it's a civic club in your area or some particular interest area club... Um, they're always looking for places to meet and typically they're trying to meet in a restaurant because that's a place that already has chairs and tables or some place to sit. Uh, But restaurants have to cover their costs as well. So they typically have either a minimum fee or an amount per person that they need to make to make sure that use of their space is good. But if you have a pavilion or a meeting room in your park, That, for the most part, isn't being used consistently, especially weekdays when most Mm -hmm. of those people would meet. Um, This is a great way to bring people in who might not know you exist. And go back to that, maybe they don't even camp, but they need a cabin or Mm -hmm. friends are coming into town. Guess where they're going to think of to send their business first.
1: I know that's definitely the case here. We have uh, a friend that comes down or comes up from Texas sometimes in their RV. They're camping right now and they're always camping, but... They come here and whenever they come here, you know, sometimes they're like, well, we could stay at the state park. But then other times we're like, well, this is a really nice campground. There's a really nice campground around us. And we tell them, hey, we have got a lot of community stuff going on around here. So you should go stay here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So So. open up your world to the people who are close by to you Mm -hmm. who may not. You know, if somebody lives five miles away, chances are they're probably not camping in your park. But, <laughs> but if you
1: need to, at some point, like we've had before where we need to hook up to sewage. Yeah. And we need a few nights just if to stay. we clean out. We got to clean out. Or if we're selling a camper or um, yeah. just bought a camper and need to transition the stuff in and out of the camper, we do tend to stay at a park around us. Yeah. That's only five or 10 miles away just so that we can ensure Convenient. that it's easy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or if even um, we've had one other time we needed to have uh, some repairs tested out, mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, and, and sometimes people do camp local. It's like, oh, I can't yeah. get away for the whole week, yeah. but we can go camp and maybe I'll just pop in after work. Yeah. Hey, you know, people sometimes don't even think about that, but if they're familiar with your park, because they came in for some other events you bring a lot of people in also one other quick idea there um if your local chamber of commerce does events uh, like business after hours business before hours you are a fabulous place to bring those people in those are your community leaders business owners for the most part They would be great to come in and uh, they talk to a lot of people who are coming to your area. So great resource for you. Free marketing.
1: Yep. Yep. That never hurts.
0: Absolutely.
1: So the million dollar idea for today, again, is plan, 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 plan plan. plan some more. Uh, Keep planning.
0: Yes. We got some exciting things coming your way with deeper ideas on planning soon too and we Perhaps have been
1: planning a lot of good episodes <laughs> for this podcast. So y'all stay tuned. We got some good stuff coming. Um keep your eyes peeled. We're gonna be posting this weekly on I forget what day of the week. I wanna say Monday. Um, uh, whatever day of the week this comes out, whatever day of the week Halloween is on twenty twenty two. If that's a Monday, which do I think it is. Um uh, this podcast is gonna come out every Monday, so make sure you look out for us. We'll be posting it on social media. You can follow us at Campground Compass on Facebook, at camp or at Campground Compass. Yeah, I think it's at Campground Compass. If not, at Campground Compass Podcast on Facebook. I know it's at Campground Compass on Instagram, um, YouTube's Soon to be YouTube. at Campground Compass. Um, yep, definitely on YouTube as well. We'll have our at Campground Compass tag when YouTube does their handles, um, which they are apparently doing soon so we're excited for that um, stay tuned mark so, your yeah. calendar
0: yep. make sure you don't miss a beat
1: yep we'll see y'all next week
0: thank you for listening to campground compass i'm so glad you joined us check out the show notes and more of our seasoned advice at campground compass while you're there be sure to explore the archives for previous episodes And if you never want to miss a single audio adventure in four-season business growth, subscribe to this podcast here and on YouTube. If you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. It would be very much appreciated. Friends on social media, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Campground Compass. Until next time, stay savvy. Hi there, this is Donna Bordeaux with Campground Accounting, and you're listening to Campground Compass, the show dedicated to campground owners in an entrepreneurial mindset who seek to grow and expand in the wild and wonderful world of business. Thanks for joining us at Campground Compass. I'm your host, Donna Bordeaux.
1: And your co-host, Zach Bordeaux, son of Donna Bordeaux, CEO and Oracle.
0: Yes. Well, we have some (sighs) exciting things to talk about today. Um, We've had some issues where things have come up that raise some spidey senses. So we want to talk about some suspicious things today. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, we figured Halloween's over, but we'll still go in and look at some suspicions and investigate because we're going to be your private investigators for today, and we're going to take our journey into a few things that seem a little suspicious to us.
0: All right. First off, I don't know if you saw the news story, but some pretty big news for campgrounds. We're not usually known to be in the news for big issues coming up, but we have a potential fraud case that is working its way through the court system. At Carolina Pines, uh, their former manager was indicted on five counts of defrauding the resort of about eight hundred thousand dollars dang yeah now carolina pines hasn't been open that long it is a sun resort and what happened was um he had access to credit card the reservation system for their customers so if their customers checked in During COVID, they had a pretty relaxed uh, cancellation party uh, policy. Policy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So when the customers checked in, he would get them set up, and then he would show it as a refund like they canceled at the last minute. Only he redirected those funds back to his own personal checking accounts, allegedly.
1: Allegedly. Yes. Uh, Now, we don't know for sure, but he has been indicted- um, there's an article will be in the show notes, so go check that out. Um, it says he allegedly received more than $800,000 in fraudulent refunds over 28 months. So that's not a very long time at all. Um, that's as long as they've been yeah, open. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty that's pretty much since they've been opened and he p- faces a minimum penalty of 20 years in federal prison. Ouch. Um, that was, it probably wasn't worth, I don't know. He might have thought it was worth it but i wouldn't i wouldn't think that was worth it personally twenty years um, if he was gonna and be he's already to he's the... already it says he's already uh i saw it just a second ago fifty three so he'll be there till he's seventy three minimum allegedly
0: right so. yeah if he was gonna make that <sighs> move. He should have made some moves to get on out of the country. Yeah. For, but he must have thought yeah. that gravy train was going to continue on. A lot of people, uh, it sounds like when they get into these fraudulent schemes like this, they just, all of a sudden, after a little while, and hey, after 26 months, who'd have thought he was going to get caught?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but that that gravy train almost always ends. And yeah. And never in a good way. Yeah. So... Mm a good lesson to everyone we talked about this on a blog post recently but make sure that you understand how to trace fraud and prevent it with a good reservation system a good check-in system if you're handling cash especially that is generally where most fraud happens with cash register type fraud or check-in fraud Uh, people the easier way a smarter way that this could have been done, uh, not to give tips to fraudsters, but if this had all been a canceled reservation for people who were paying cash, which I know is a lot less now, they virtually couldn't have tracked this. Yeah. Uh, not very easily.
1: Yeah, well, and the amount of money is just a wild amount for how long they've been open. I remember we went to Carolina Pines. I want to say, I don't
0: know, how long ago was it? It wasn't that long ago. a year ago. and a half ago. Yeah.
1: It wasn't that long ago, and um, we were there, so.
0: Yeah, so keep an eye on this case. It'll be good to uh, see what happens and watch the future of this. Um, May also cause some of the reservation system companies to add in a little more fraud protection. One of the best things you can do as an owner of a park or of any retail establishment is look at every voided ticket. In your system. Every voided sale, every voided reservation, you should be watching those. Now, in this case, he was dealing with a pretty large uh, corporate entity. So, honestly, I would have thought they would have caught it faster.
1: Yeah, I would have too.
0: But, uh, obviously, their fraud systems are not mm-hmm. up to par uh, yeah. in checking this.
1: Yeah. Um, my biggest memory from Carolina Pines was we were there with... Uh, some friends of ours but we would play golf cart hide and seek
0: yes yes
1: which we called manhunt but that was the way to do it but now this guy's getting manhunted he didn't he (laughs) didn't that that (laughs) name didn't age well I guess (laughs) but but we would go out and we would we'd have two golf carts because they had one we had one and we would go and we'd hide and then the other team would come find us and then you get some hints or whatever over the phone or we had walkie talkies, I think at the time, or something, yeah, but yeah, I remember that was a lot of fun, some suspicious
0: but... minds there too, <laughs> yeah. yeah,, all right, yeah,
1: but that guy certainly did get man hunted,
0: yeah,, we'll wanna watch and see what happens with that case,
1: yeah, we'll definitely keep you posted if any sort of updates come up. We'll make sure to circle back to it, as they say,
0: so yeah. All right, and another kind of an article popped into my news feed that um, resonated here while we're on the topic of suspicion. Uh, Frank Rolf from RV Park University, which uh, he's a pretty well-known guy, does a lot of information about uh, buying and selling parks. And he had a really good article that coincided with a conversation I was having with a potential buyer of a campground right at the same time. And this focuses on short-term owners who are trying to sell their park. Now, we all know there's been a great growth in the price of parks. So this this is not to say every short-term owner is out to do some harm or has something to hide. Uh, however, the, the the short-term wins here could be enough that people are going to sell after only owning a park for a short amount of time. So in Frank's article, he's talking about what happens when somebody owns a park, say, for a year or less, and they put it on the market to sell it. Why would they do that if they were only going to own it for that short of a period of time?
1: Yeah, and it does raise some suspicions. Yeah. Um, And it is kind of interesting article Um, even not for campground owners, but for any business, why would they sell it so quickly? But
0: yeah, there's, um, there's always people trying to, you know, take a, a fast sale and turn it around, flip it like flipping houses and make a lot of money on it. Um, and sometimes people think about campgrounds like their real estate to where they could be doing some sort of a flipping type thing. Uh, but The biggest questions you want to ask yourself if you've got this situation is why? Let's dig into the motive of why would they sell that quickly? Mm -hmm. Um, And Frank brings up some good points here too. He's talking about, did they find out that the property floods a lot? Uh, Is there some big infrastructure problem that has been uncovered that might they might say, oh, I'm not sticking around for that. <laughs> that's a lot of money that's going to have to be sunk into this. I want to get out before the uh, repairs have to come into play. Or some other issues like that where it wouldn't be a good position to be buying if those situations were uh, in the underlying elements of why they were selling.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting good. the uh, articles talking about the debt and um, higher basis on the property Um, and it It also also talks talks into the due diligence phase which we talk about a lot Um, and make sure that you really do have a solid due diligence phase right at the beginning of selling or buying sorry so
0: yeah the due diligence process is very important when buying and uh, we help out specifically in that due diligence and A lot of people always say, well, like, what do I have to do? What do I have to check on? Well, there's a long list of things that you need to go through and due diligence. But one of the big elements that I help out with are the financial and the tax sides and their representations of what kind of money this park is going to make and what their expenses are. So we've talked before about grooming to sell. Some people groom a park to sell it where they're not really recording all the expenses. Mm -hmm. And... In a traditional sense, let's say somebody had owned owned this park for 15 years. Well, you can usually see that grooming over a course of the last two or three years Mm -hmm. where expenses started going down. Mm -hmm. Well, in a case where somebody owned it for a year or less, you may not be able to see those trends. That is difficult to see. So in the particular case where I was working with, uh, it was a, a campground that was open for about eight months a year and the buyer said that he bought it at a deep discounted price and he decided he had other things to do he lived out of state all right uh, you know it could be true but you want to keep your eyes open when you're looking at this to make sure that you don't see any other red flags because that should raise a little spidey sense i would say yeah uh, when you're looking at that then uh, in this particular case he presented a list of all these improvements that he had made he purchased the park in august of last year and now he put it up for sale in july so either he really had a change of heart or some what's that little underlying element that he said i got to get out um and you know he could be telling the truth but you can't be that careful this is a lot of money that you're investing when buying so you really owe it to yourself to dive in Mm -hmm. now in this case the guy presented him with a list of these improvements and it was like all round numbers you know a new fence five thousand dollars uh new playground equipment eight thousand dollars this is
1: like in my my accounting class (laughs) in like my level one accounting (laughs) class where they're like all right they they bought supplies for eight (laughs) hundred dollars
0: round numbers I mean
1: round numbers is always suspicious always a red flag
0: absolutely Uh, so in my scenario with him I said all right maybe he did do these repairs first off you want to visually check them so on a visit to that park you're gonna visually run down that list let me see that new playground let me Mm -hmm. see that new fence so see it to believe it and then secondly I want to see the invoices. These things just happened this year, you're telling me.
1: Yeah.
0: So there's no reason. And it would be different
1: if it was 10 years ago, ago but it's, it's the same years, year. So Yeah.
0: Those should be yeah. real handy. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would also be suspicious if I just see a check written to Joe Smith for $8,000 for yeah. a new fence. Um, check these things out a little bit. See if they really make sense. <laughs> yeah. Did you just pay a friend $8,000 even though it was a $400 repair and then pocket the cash? Yeah. Y- you hope never to have to deal with those kinds of issues. But when you're looking at buying a half million, million-dollar park or up...
1: Yeah, it's not so far fetched.
0: far-fetched. Yeah, you've really got to do your due diligence and yeah. your homework to make sure yeah. that you can eliminate that suspicion.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and speaking kind of, of buying... It, uh, um, Let's move into our next topic, which is uh, investment groups, Um, and the Happy Camper one especially. They have accredited investors, um, have a $25 million fund. Let's see, I'll pull up the article here. Um, Happy Camper's Capital is starting a new fund for $25 million for campgrounds. Yeah. And It does seem a little suspicious, honestly.
0: It does. I mean, I don't know that this one's not completely legitimate, but again, I was like, you know, when you're looking at something and it sounds too good to be true, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But in their particular case, how this works is we're all familiar kind of with the, you know, the big corporate entities will take a pot of money, go buy out campgrounds, and do their thing with it. They're they're there to long-term be a hospitality provider and operate it. In these scenarios, the Happy Camper and other venture capital firms are taking accredited investors. Now, accredited investors, you have to actually meet a lot of criteria to be an accredited investor. It means you've got to have a good bit of money and that you can withstand the risk of making a personal investment like this. Mm-hmm. Because you can't just, not everybody can be an accredited investor. They have to pass some criteria based on their wealth. Um, but their goal here is that they want to give a 15% return on their investment in these dollars. So they're raising $25 million to buy up campgrounds. So they're looking at buying basically mom and pop campgrounds. Some may need a little TLC, some minor improvements. But they have already purchased in one round of investments, I think it was four or five campgrounds that they already own.
1: Yep, I saw four on their website.
0: And they're under the name brand is Beyonder. Yeah. Um, so they basically keep the old name of the existing campground when they buy it. But they put the Beyonder brand in front of it. And then they operate it. Now, this is actually a great exit strategy for some of the mom and pop owners who... Say you know now's my time. I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I have other interests I want to pursue or maybe they have health issues that you just can't operate the business anymore the same way If that's the case this may be a, a prime place to find a buyer Especially if you need somebody to buy you out quickly So they actually have on their website if you want them to buy your park you can submit your info uh, but the main thing i get concerned about in these in any situation where there's not an owner operator they tend to first off get that corporate feel are they really offering Mm -hmm. the true guest experience that our industry really needs and prides ourselves on yeah and like we talked about earlier with the carolina pine situation and having a manager run it do managers do the same things as owners who put their life savings on the line?
1: Yeah, yeah I think, honestly, usually. a lot of them, they, they don't. don't, yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah. So, and, and I also, I'm concerned, you know, we have a labor shortage. And, and I we use that word too much. Yeah. yeah. It's not really a labor shortage. It's a laziness factor in a lot of cases. Yeah. There's a lot of people who just aren't working right now who left the workforce for some, mm. for reasons of their own choosing. Yeah. But
1: well, it's, well, it's not going to be a labor shortage anymore because everybody's going to work for the, for the IRS. I
0: heard. <laughs> oh, that's right. I hear they're taking uh taking on eighty
1: seven thousand. IRS <laughs> alert! IRS <laughs> alert! IRS <laughs> alert! Yeah.
0: So, when we talk about having managers and staff run a campground, I always feel like there's this and this whole plan that where like everything gets lazy. Yeah. Where, you know, the stuff that might bother an owner won't bother just an employee who's there to earn a paycheck. Yeah. Now, now, I'm not saying this for every manager. I can't mm-hmm. pigeonhole everybody in that. Mm-hmm. But it, in a broad sense. yeah.
1: And there, and there are, are a, a lot of very hard workers. But,
0: absolutely.
1: But with the less people working, the really good managers are going to be right up at the top and getting paid the most money possible. And, uh, and it's hard little, to get them. Yeah the, yeah, the little, little mom-and-pop mom shops and the smaller campgrounds aren't going to be able to afford these great managers as much yeah. as yeah the big corporations.
0: So it's a big shift in our industry to have these kinds of firms coming in to buy up the mom-and-pop. We're seeing this big shift. Before, our main shift was either it was a mom-and-pop or a franchise campground. And then we brought in the corporate companies that were running them the Suns, the outdoor resorts and now we have one other little level that's kind of wedging its way into the market and trying to be in between the corporate and the mom and pop but i'm not sure that i quite see the whole pathway to success because you really have to your staffing has mm-hmm. to be tip top and that's hard to yeah. do
1: yeah i know it's um What's the other one? It's not Sun, but there's another one that's like Sun. Uh. I'm not sure. I can't remember which one I'm thinking of. But I know it's like you go there and you know that it's a corporate feel. Sun's kind of the same way, I'm too. Yeah, maybe that's it. And you go there and you kind of know that it's corporate. Yeah. Just because, you know, these people aren't. It's not that they're rude, but they're not like. The owners like to come and talk to you. Like, for example, I'll give you a real-world example of where I've experienced, where I work. The owner, I work at a restaurant. And the owner goes and talks to every single table that's there. He goes and has a full conversation with every single person that's there. The managers don't do that because they don't really have to. Uh, and it's not as important to them because it's not their money on the line.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, But with, when you go to McDonald's, they're not going to do that.
0: Why would they? (laughs) You're lucky to get your food. (laughs) Yeah, you're lucky if they
1: tell you your order's ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and it's a shame because our society as a whole now, I really feel like we have just downgraded our whole expectations Mm -hmm. of customer service in all industries, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's good, especially for the camping. Camping is such a personalized experience that that customer service element can make or break. An experience. Definitely.
1: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that you can learn here from like what I just said is go talk to people. Absolutely. Have conversations with people. Whether you're an owner or whether you're a manager or whatever you are, go have conversations with people because you never know what connections you might gain.
0: You know, Especially
1: with, we talked on I think episode one about celebrities on the road. You know, you might make a connection to somebody who's rich or famous, or can provide you with some insider knowledge, or provide you with money, or provide you with
0: or just X, Y, Z. Provide you with a smile on your yeah. face for the day. Maybe yeah. you've had a crappy day of dealing with people yeah. on the phone yelling at you, yeah. or not getting things done, because that yeah. happens every day yeah. now. Uh, heaven forbid, go out and talk to somebody, put a smile on somebody yeah. else's face. Or if you called the IRS today, that would. Oh, what does that put the smile on my face on well, that day? Every time. <laughs> I wish I could do that at like the end of my day. Yeah. So that I could just have a little. Yeah, but there's no shot that you're gonna get two. In, no, at I got it. 7 a.m. I got to do it. At least breakfast is coming after that, yeah. so that's. My I think favorite. they just like well, start
1: work at like seven, and they all just like go to the break room at like eight, which. Honestly, uh, we know the IRS break room. If you've seen the picture, you get the joke. But they probably really cool. just like leave it like 8 because I've never seen anybody personally get through to the IRS after like like an hour after they open.
0: Oh, no. Well, no. you I might sit on the phone
1: them. with them for four hours and then get to them.
0: I don't even know. Well, but usually,
1: usually they just hang up on you because they're nice and friendly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do day. They're so nice as to service. do you the favor. <laughs>
1: Well, good thing there would be 87,000 new ones to... Speaking of suspicion. <laughs> Speaking of suspicion, the
0: IRS. <laughs> There's Ugh. my number one suspicion. Yeah. So, yes. I, our motive today is IRS, talking please about... don't shoot us. This is all alleged.
1: <laughs> I know you're gun trained. <laughs> We're good.
0: Yeah. We, we don't need any audits. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> So in talking about the suspicion, one other thing came up in the news this week. Um, I saw one of my, uh, a, a colleague that I know of posted, um business owner, that they were getting lights, LED lights through their energy company at a with a grant. And I actually had Duke Power call me the other day <laughs> and they were off. I don't know what they were trying to do. It was some kind of, Gimmick where they said they were going to level out my energy or something. I don't know. I don't have time to talk about that. And if they were legit, they wouldn't be calling me. Yeah. Uh, they'd be mailing me something with my bill. So I didn't have time for that. But uh, colleague had a lighting uh, grant that she was able to get. Mm-hmm. She, in her business, uh, retail business, she got $6,000 worth of lighting uh, installed in mm-hmm. parts for $1,600.
1: Yeah. And if you're watching here on YouTube, which I forgot on the IRS alert, if you're listening on audio, if you're not aware, you can actually go to YouTube and watch the video version of this podcast too. And we got some alerts going on. We got all kinds of things popping up on the screen. But over here on the video, you can kind of see the article. Um, but it says you can apply to get your existing lighting replaced with LED via grants. I am getting six thousand worth of labor and lights for sixteen hundred installed this week. Search energy or Entergy. Is it supposed yeah. to be Entergy or yeah, is it supposed? Yeah, okay. the
0: power company okay. in in uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, and parts of Arkansas. Yeah. Is Entergy?
1: Entergy light program and your state.
0: Yeah. So, so if you're in that yeah. area. That neck of the woods, check that out. See if they can yeah. help you, and take advantage of those yeah. grants. Uh, we'll probably see a whole lot more coming with energy grants next year. There's a lot of new law changes coming to that, so
1: there always is. But just be always the lesson here is just keep your eyes open, keep listening to the podcast because we'll definitely shout it out if there are any more. Yeah, if you um, come
0: across any in your area, please let us. Yeah, know let us too. know.
1: You can also submit ideas. Uh yeah camp, I think it's slash ideas, right? I think Campground so. Compass podcast podcast dot com slash ideas. ideas. I will verify that real quick. Um but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. And you can submit any podcast ideas. If you want us to touch on a topic, if you have questions, yeah. um if you want us to you know, any ideas or questions or anything like that, Campground camp Compass podcast dot com slash ideas. ideas and there's a form there that you can fill out and we'll get right to your ideas on. Hopefully yeah. the next episode.
0: I'd love to have some ideas come in yeah. and questions that we can dive into because we're here to provide you with valuable information. So mm-hmm. we want to answer your questions.
1: Yeah. yeah. And we, we hope to, to, to eventually do listener call-ins, hopefully. Yeah. So, so if you have questions, go ask. Uh, yeah, the, it's going to be campgroundcompasspodcast.com slash ideas. I know you can't see it on this screen, but I'll try to pull it up and zoom in real quick. Let's yeah. See if I can make so you. Can we'll see put it. the
0: link in the show notes as well. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: anyways, submit, submit your ideas. ideas.
0: Yep. Check out for those grants with yep. LED lighting programs all throughout the country. Those ones, again, were with Entergy, but I'm sure there are a lot of different power companies throughout the United States that are offering those grants. And honestly, you're probably not going to just pop out to their website and find it too pretty easily. Um, I know I looked on Entergy's website to find to see if there was a specific link. And they have some information, but it's kind of cryptic to you and me. You might want to just call the power company and ask them if somebody can evaluate you to see if you qualify for those grants or if they have them in your area. That mm-hmm. might be a faster way to get that ball moving.
1: Yep. All right. So well, you want to go ahead and move into our next topic? Yeah. Um, we're gonna talk a, for a few minutes about infrastructure. Um, we had some interesting Facebook uh, group um, messages talking about infrastructure and campgrounds, um, as we were or as you were scrolling through your Facebook groups. Yeah. Um, also, you can go friend us uh, on any of the. We're on most of the campground groups at Campground Accounting, so if you have any questions there. You can always ask us and tag us, and we might talk about it. Um, we do get a lot of ideas from there because we do want to be valuable to the industry. So um, we do get a lot of our ideas from the Facebook groups. You can pretty much run about every campground owner Facebook group.
0: Yeah, all that so, I know. <laughs> campground um, You can also
1: DM us Facebook dot com slash campground compass podcast or Instagram dot yeah. com slash campground compass podcast. Either of those will work.
0: So yeah. Well, there were, the question came up, was there any kind of software or an app that you could use to mark where all your infrastructure was in your campground? And I think this was one of the cases where like people were thinking too hard. Yeah. Uh, make this super simple. Um, the, uh, the post actually gave some suggestions, really good ones, about basically getting a big map of your campground, take your engineering drawings, or take and have your... Uh, even your reservation map, most everybody's got a map of their park and uh, where all the sites are, and take it and just mark on there where those uh, emergency cutoffs are, where your gas lines or your electrical lines, water lines, all of those systems are located. The goal here is if anybody is ever incapacitated for any reason, how will somebody else know if there's an emergency what to do? So you want to make sure you have this documented. Also, again, if we're talking about selling your park one day. Great great thing to have, yeah. Great thing to have that already documented and lined up. And another little side-by-side note that I suggest is at the same time you're marking those, uh, mark them on a map and take your cell phone. Everybody's got one. (laughs)
1: oh <laughs> i wonder if this interweb <laughs> thing is going <laughs> to stay around you get it a might. button for that the interwebs
0: you don't even need the interwebs for this one take your cell phone out and do a video recording walk up take a video pointing at the cutoff valve for your water mm-hmm. and talk through what you would tell somebody if they were standing right next to you about how you should deal with the water shutoff, or this is a great time for winterizing. If you are winterizing, do the same thing. Record the whole thing. And and I'll tell you, you can even buy a GoPro, put it on your hat, (laughs) walk around with it, tax-deductible GoPro, uh, go video what all the steps are that you take in your winterization or in any kind of an emergency situation where you need to document where stuff is for people who wouldn't know where that is. Mm-hmm.
1: And you just got a brilliant tip right off your GoPro. It's tax deductible.
0: Absolutely.
1: Or you could even get your camcorder. Write yeah. that off too.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. The
1: put that sucker on a VHS tape.
0: <laughs> Yeah, put that in the safe in your Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but make sure you document this stuff. It's super easy to do, and in most of the parks where I talk to the owners, there's one person who has all that knowledge in their head, and nobody else knows how to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, usually, it's the owner, and not mm-hmm. to stereotype, but usually it's the male owner. They know where all the stuff is. There's one person who knows. Mm -hmm. And if you ask the other people who work there, they have no idea how to do that if an emergency would arise. Yeah.
1: And, you know, me and you have talked a lot about, like, in the past, like, for other businesses that either of us work with. But for other businesses, you know, we talk about if the owner died, this business is not going to survive. There's a bunch of certain ones in particular where these people are either either the face face of their their business, business, which Mm -hmm. can cause a lot of problems because because if you ever want to sell sell it, you don't don't want to necessarily necessarily be the face of your business. business. Now, Now, does that that mean don't don't get out on social media? media. No, that's That's not not at all what that means. But But don't make yourself yourself your business. business. Make make your business your business and yourself yourself. Kind of separate the two. And if this person were to ever die or... We're in a we're in a situation where they wouldn't be able to continue working. All the knowledge is in their head.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, all the knowledge of what went on in the past, you know, all the classified information. All that's in their head. It's not written down anywhere or protected or anywhere where it can be found.
0: And, and even for a campground owner Here's my pledge. I want you to each take one day, and I want you to record everything you do mm-hmm. whether it's where where the keys to the lawnmower are yeah. or how to uh you know how what happens if an electrical pedestal breaks. Mm-hmm. This is such a huge knowledge skill that you need to document. Imagine how valuable this is for Mm -hmm. when you sell your campground. If a new person's coming in, that they can refer to this whole guide of all these videos you've recorded of how to do stuff. Keep in mind, when you're selling, you're not generally selling to somebody who's ever run a campground before. Mm -hmm. They have no idea except they know this is a lifestyle they want. But they have no knowledge of how and what to do on a day to day basis.
1: And another side hustle idea here. Document stuff, upload it to YouTube. Yeah. How to start a lawnmower. How to fix a campground electric pedestal. How to do all this stuff. And then you might get you might even get sponsored. You might get sponsored by a campground accounting. You never know. Right. Uh, um But you know, just the, the the basics of, how do you do this? I'll put it to YouTube. Eventually, the YouTube will get catch traction. traction. It yeah. always does. It takes time, but you got to stay with it. Um, and document it for other campground owners.
0: Yeah. Even,
1: and you might not even make money off of it, but you might make a valuable connection that can lead you to being able to sell or to get some knowledge or even a smile on your face.
0: Yeah, make a friend. I mean... Yeah. We we talk about competition a lot in all different kinds of businesses. Other campground owners are not your competition. Mm-hmm. They are a wealth of knowledge that you should be befriending to make sure that you have a backup source of information or somebody to call when something weird happens. You know, Facebook is a perfect example of this. Before the days of Facebook and being on social media or being on the internet, Campground owners had to rely on the fact that they might see another campground owner once a year at a convention, or that there was somebody 10 miles down the road that maybe they could talk to every once in a while if a problem arose or something weird happened. Um, Now you've got this whole new world of people that you can collaborate with, commiserate with, uh, use as a, a whole resource of knowledge. And that is a really great thing uh especially today where we talk about being so isolated as a business owner. Mm-hmm. You're not really alone when you have all these other people who are available to be your resources and you are their resources. So and use your
1: resources. Don't take them for granted.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go take them out to lunch and yeah. to, some days honestly have to especially like at the end of a busy season. Yeah. As a, as an accountant, I have a group of friends that are accountants. We just go out and kind of do the old moaning session of, and complain yeah. and vent a little. And yeah. we all feel better and have a good lunch and yeah. we're good friends.
1: Yeah. yeah. And even if it's not, not somebody, somebody who's you can do a lunch with, with, zoom with, Zoom with them.
0: Yeah. Call, call
1: them up on the phone.
0: Them. Yeah, absolutely.
1: absolutely. Hit them with your, your little rotary dial. <laughs> and
0: Spin that out. Huh? Yeah, spin it up. <laughs> yeah. So... so I think we've taken all our suspicions and put them out there today. Yep. Hopefully you could rethink some of your things and make sure that you don't fall victim to fraud Mm -hmm. Uh, and put that little ounce of, of thought into your head that you might've just been happy, go lucky and forgot about.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. So So that's that's going to be be it for this episode. episode. Um, Uh, We want to, Make sure that you're following us on our Instagram and our Facebook. Um, And our personal LinkedIn and Instagram are going to be linked in the show notes. So if you want to contact us directly, you can use that. Or you can also um, email either of us, Zach at CampgroundCompassPodcast.com, Don at CampgroundCompassPodcast.com, or you can email the whole Campground Compass Compass staff, which is hi at campgroundcompass.com or podcast at campgroundcompass.com, whichever you fancy.
0: Nice. Um, And they should also remember to come see me. Oh, yes. I am going to be at KOA KOA. in Orlando, Florida, November 16th and 17th.
1: So just a few days away. Make sure you come come check out the the booth. booth. Check Check us out. We'll have some free Um, stuff. Yep. You ain't even... Y'all ain't even ready for what's going to be there.
0: It's going to be a big treat. I can put a smile on somebody's face, I hope. Hopefully. And they can put one on mine.
1: Hopefully. We'll sure hope so. Um, So make sure you go check us out in Orlando, Florida, K Y Convention, November 16th and 17th. Um, You can also look at our social media pages. Our Instagram is at Campground Compass. Our Facebook is also at Campground Compass. And you can go to our website, CampgroundCompassPodcast.com. If you have ideas, go to CampgroundCompassPodcast.com slash ideas.
0: Woohoo! Woo. Take a breath.
1: <sighs> that's a lot to say.
0: I think that's a wrap for today.
1: Yep. So we will see y'all next week. This is going to be weekly on released on what Mondays. Mondays. Um. So we'll be here next week, and we'll see y'all then.
0: All right. All right. We'll see later. you later. Thank you for listening to campground compass i'm so glad you joined us check out the show notes and more of our seasoned advice at campgroundcompasspodcast.com while you're there be sure to explore the archives for previous episodes and if you never want to miss a single audio adventure in four season business growth subscribe to this podcast here and on youtube if you like what you're hearing please consider leaving us a positive review on itunes It would be very much appreciated. Friends on social media, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Campground Compass. Until next time, stay savvy. Hey there, this is Donna Bordeaux with Campground Accounting, and you're listening to Campground Compass, the show dedicated to campground owners in an entrepreneurial mindset who seek to grow and expand in the wild and wonderful world of business. Welcome to Campground Compass Podcast. I'm Donna Bordeaux with my sidekick here.
1: Zach Bordeaux.
0: Welcome, everyone. Son everybody.
1: of Donna Bordeaux, CPA, <laughs> the Oracle, all the names that she might be known by.
0: <laughs> well, we got some interesting topics to cover today and get into a, a little deeper topic that will help you move your campground forward. But before we get into that, let's talk about some cool stuff that we've seen. Yep. So We um, went to dinner in downtown Charlotte and while we were walking to the restaurant, we ran across... A little gadget that was running down the streets with us.
1: Yep. So let's take a look at the Tiny Mile robot. Um, It has free delivery of anything. It's like DoorDash kind of, but it's like... It's a robot. Uh, But it's free. Uh, And we saw uh, the robot kind of moving down the street. But here's like a video. We'll see if it'll... Load. Hopefully, you can hear it and it's not echoing.
0: And yeah, so, this little bot was just rolling down the street all by itself. And you can see it's kind of small. Um, and of course, we stopped. We were like, What in the world is that? So this little robot rolled on by, and then, of course, I had to take a picture of it, and then look it up, and find out what it was doing. Uh, but right now, this little bot is, I think it's kind of in the, we'll say the beta test mode, where they have it, and anybody who wants to use it, and it has a radius of probably, I don't know, a mile or two around downtown Charlotte.
1: I think it was like seven miles, actually. Seven miles, wow. I forget what the, uh...
0: But, uh... It's going to deliver um, food, it can deliver whatever you want. You tell it where to go to pick up whatever its cargo is and then you tell it where to deliver it. So you could have, uh, if your fr- you le- let's say you left your keys at your friend's house. You could have the robot go to your friend's house, pick up the keys... That person loads the keys in there and then that thing will roll around the streets and come find you and tell you wherever you have it. And you open it up via the app and take your contents out. So neat stuff. You could do food, you could do medicines, prescriptions, um, documents. They were talking about lawyers uh, could use it. If you need documents physically signed, send them to different places really cool concept yeah
1: so here's the delivery area we'll go here's center charlotte right in the center yeah and you might not be familiar with charlotte as we are because we live here but um it'll go all the way out to i don't know how far it is from center city to Optimus park oh, let's
0: see that's probably three or four miles at least maybe five miles it's a pretty good ways. If it went from one side of that circle to 1. the
1: other... 1.7 mile radius, so...
0: Okay. All right.
1: It's not bad.
0: Not bad, so. yeah. That covers a pretty good distance yeah. as far as how many yeah. people and businesses are in that range. Yeah, so...
1: Yeah, so um, and it's free is the other thing that seems confusing. Um, it says on their website, Tiny Mile is actively collaborating with the community sponsors to offer this service. We believe in creating community-based solutions that can improve neighborhoods and enhance lives of those who call them home. Um, and so,
0: so you could sponsor it yeah. and put your name on the side of the yeah. bot, and that's what's paying for the bot to roll mm-hmm. around all day.
1: Yeah. So Pretty this cool. kind of like there was like a, I saw a while back they had free water where they gave out free boxes of water. Yeah. Like milk boxes. Right. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. it was completely free and it was like spring water, but it was free because people advertised on it. This is kind of the same concept, uh, if you've seen that.
0: So, what in the world does this have to do with the campground, you ask? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, think. let's think some bigger picture here. You have a small area. What if this was delivering things around your campground? So. Mm-hmm. I want to order some firewood. I want to order uh, an ice cream bar. Hopefully, it gets there fast. <laughs> um, I want some candy. I need some s'mores fireworks. Kits. Yeah. <laughs> some s'mores kits, of course. Yeah. Um, so, you could use this not only to take the place of a human yeah. body who might be too busy to deliver it, but what kind of cool factor could that add to your campground?
1: Yeah. And also, the. Um the robot, people will be, if you're one of the first people to adopt this, people will definitely be taking pictures and talking about it on social media. Yeah. It's a good marketing as well. Uh, yeah, it's and very interesting.
0: If we do a little throwback to about two or three, I think it was three years ago probably, maybe 2019 or maybe 18 even, KOA did a whole process on the future of campgrounds. And they put out their uh, big projection as to what campgrounds will look like in the future. And they, to their credit, included a delivery bot in there. So maybe we're not all that far off. Uh, that would be a really cool addition yeah. to a campground.
1: Yeah. I know I would want to see that.
0: Definitely. That would make me want to yeah. go camping somewhere yeah. just to try it out. Yeah. Even if I didn't need firewood or s'mores, I'd buy some. Yeah. A good way to increase yeah. your retail sales. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, we're going to keep our eye out. If you run across any campgrounds or anybody else using this bot uh, like this in a cool way, I'd love to hear about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next thing we want to talk about
0: is the IRS. The IRS. Ooh. Are they listening? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. The IRS announced finally, that they are going to relieve penalties for 2019 and 2020 because of COVID. So, not everything in the world, but if you had a late filing penalty, uh, if you had some issue related to um, an income tax return, whether it's corporate or individual, you should be getting a check in the mail if you paid those penalties already and didn't get them abated. Uh, they're going to automatically send those checks out uh, i believe they're going to send them through the end of october so if you haven't gotten it yet you probably should and maybe you want to check on it if you haven't received it but those should be coming automatically Mm -hmm. Um, and at this point All tax returns for 2021 should be filed. So 2021 does not get penalty relief automatically. So make sure you've got those filed. If for some reason you haven't, do it ASAP. The penalties are racking up. We know the IRS is hiring people. They want to send you notices. You don't want somebody coming to the door in a blue windbreaker, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, I don't know one of these episodes got messed up so it didn't happen so i have an irs alert i don't know if i used it in the last episode or not because i don't know the order that these are going to come out in
0: all right well while we're talking about the irs um i always tell people tax planning and tax preparation are not the same thing they are very different animals so just because you prepared your taxes doesn't mean you're doing planning. Planning happens at a whole different time of the year. So typically planning happens uh, anywhere from April until December of the current year. So if we're working on 2022 right now, we need to plan what those tax returns look like. So planning does not mean looking at what happened a year ago. That would be Out of the way, and my buddy Ron Baker has the greatest quote I love uh, based on planning. He says, "Using last year's financial statements for planning is like using a smoke detector to bake cookies." (laughs) Love it, Ron. Nobody would do that, right? Yep. Yep. (laughs) So we need to make sure that you get your planning mode in play here, so that you don't have to deal with the after effects and the IRS. All right. So get tax returns planned right now for 2022 or whatever current year you're in right now. When you're watching this, you need to be planning. We are doing planning starting in June. Now, uh, you can never plan too early. And I wanted to share with you a couple things. I was telling Zach about some great planning. And I get really jazzed up about these because this is where we really can make a difference in a campground owner's life (laughs) in their park and their personal life. Um, Just a couple examples. I went through and we have a list of 87 strategies that we look at for each and every business that we work with to verify if it works. And those could be anything from retirement to planning with their children hiring their kids uh, depreciation elections all kinds of things i think are fun but nobody else does (laughs) unless you're an accountant (laughs) but when you see the results of this you're gonna think it's pretty fun Um, with one of my clients in particular we have worked with for about three years now and we've made some tremendous differences compared to where they started with. We've changed their entity structure a little, added an entity in there, got a little creative on how we do things. Not illegal creative, I'll i will preface that. Got creative by following the rules, but implementing strategies to save money. So in their case... Um, in year one, they also had a prior accountant who didn't understand about axles on park models. So we were able to do a whole lot of catch-up depreciation that first year when we were working with them. That first year we knocked it out of the park. They were probably going to pay about a hundred thousand in taxes and instead they paid zero because we were able to do so many good things. Now... One of the fear factors of those kinds of years is, okay, you fixed everything in one year. What are you going to do in year two? Is it going to yeah. be really bad? Yeah. Well, yeah. not if you're planning. Yeah. Um, so year two, they did a lot of investing in improvements because they didn't have to pay the IRS. So all of a sudden, they had some extra cash that they didn't realize they were going to have. So they were able to add and expand their park. Mm-hmm. So that was great. But guess what? That generates more depreciation. More things for me to play with. Yep, yep.
1: And those people have a lot of brilliant ideas in their park. Um, If you're watching, you probably know who you are. We're going to try to get you in one of these episodes, hopefully. Um, We won't say the name just yet. You'll learn about it pretty soon. Just stay patient. Good things are to come. But um, y'all need to be ready because these people are very creative.
0: Yeah, i not gonna
1: pay those folks. The IRS is. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. So That's now what we need
1: now we need a rescue, a rescue. from the IRS, but we're
0: gonna to have to get a life vest. Yeah, a life or, uh, or a little r- life ring. Life ring, yeah. yeah.
1: I'll write it down.
0: You got it. Take some notes there. All right. So year three rolls around for that same park, and how are we gonna knock it out of the park this time? Well, first off, we keep up with the strategies we've implemented in prior years that are multiple year strategies. We do that and we keep everything rolling. I did their planning for year three now and we saved in one year over $170,000 and that is from where they were when they started. So if they just stayed on with that prior accountant and just kept rolling on down the line, Doing the same old things they were doing, the same structure they had, they would have been paying $170,000 more than they will this year. And their balance due projected to the IRS come April? $4,000. So would you rather pay $174,000 or $4,000?
1: I think we know the right answer, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that is just one story. I have oodles of those. We do this strategy planning for every one of our clients. And the results are staggering at what planning can do. So if you are not doing planning right now, please, whether it's me or somebody else, get on board. Let's not just burn money. Let's burn firewood and make money instead.
1: There you go. Wise words, wise words. So that, in fact, is going to be our million-dollar idea this week, is to plan, plan, and plan some more. Keep it planning.
0: Yeah. And not just planning on taxes. Obviously, you know from an accountant, you're going to hear that you should plan for taxes. But let's talk a little deeper about campgrounds specifically. So what else should a campground plan for?
1: So, the first thing we want to talk about is dynamic pricing, if it'll transition. There we go. And we're going to talk about some dynamic pricing. We talk about this a lot, uh, just because it is really important. Um, and it's a good way to prepare for the upcoming year, because you can make more money.
0: And, and pricing is super important nowadays. Uh, mm-hmm. It never ceases to amaze me when I talk with campground owners who don't want to increase their prices and yet they tell me, "Oh no, I don't need to. My park is full."
1: <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's not, not a good, good thing, thing, folks.
0: No. So, if your occupancy is too high, which there is a too high, too high meaning above about 80%, you should be increasing your pricing. Mm-hmm. And you can leverage that increase in pricing with dynamic pricing. And I'll give you a little example. You and I just traveled to Ohio to go visit families. And in the fall, um, I don't know exactly what was going on, but I know that's very high season for weddings. Mm -hmm. So we were there over a long weekend. And when I checked the hotels, they were outrageous and they were all full.
1: In the the middle middle of a little town town in Ohio.
0: Yeah, like, who's going to Ohio right now? What is going on? So, I checked, and the cheap hotel, not a great hotel, but a cheap hotel was like $284 a night. And they weren't just one hotel that price because they're all using dynamic pricing. So, they all know if the supply is low, the price goes up. Mm -hmm. So, I said that backwards. If the demand is high, yes, supply is low, then the price goes up.
1: Come on, (laughs) figure this out.
0: Hey, it's early yet. Um, So, I checked out Airbnb. All right. Now, Airbnb is getting smarter. Well, not Airbnb itself, but its customers are getting smarter. There are platforms you can use to do dynamic pricing on your one-off rentals. Mm -hmm. It will compare your property versus everything around else around you and automatically adjust your pricing Mm -hmm. but not everybody knows about that yet yeah and apparently not everybody in ohio knows about it (laughs) (laughs) so we stayed at a private suite off somebody's house it had four rooms Mm -hmm. a fabulous shower kitchen all the equipment
1: jacuzzi all the above
0: yeah Yeah. much nicer than what we would have had in that crappy hotel For about half the price.
1: Well, the last time we went to Ohio, a little story time. You get a story time button too. <laughs> so this is a, well, the last time we went, we stayed in a Fairfield Inn. Now, I usually wouldn't say the name, but it
0: was... Yeah, they need to know.
1: They need to know. <laughs> uh, but we stayed there, and the whole place just reeked of weed. We walked in there and were like, this room just reeks of weed. So we went back down to the front desk and were like, well, can we change our room? Oh, all the rooms are... They're all taken. Should have been using dynamic pricing. They wouldn't have all been taken.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Sorry. Not sorry. Um, but anyways, we moved to a different room. And then it was right next to the people smoking weed. They were right across from us. And when we would walk out in the mornings to go get in our car to go to see the family, you could see the pot growing in the window. Yeah.
0: And, it was... Like they just turned yeah. their head and looked the other way and yeah. didn't really care.
1: And um you know, the one day they had like they would have like a single Dorito laying outside of their door. <laughs> and then the one day they had their entire trash can was out here and it was just piles of KFC and Taco Bell <laughs> and
0: Ramen noodles ramen noodles. <laughs> just it's like what is going mess. on? <laughs> yeah.
1: And we asked the front desk people, we're like, What is going on here? Well, I don't know. We can't really do anything about it.
0: <laughs> I don't know why. Um, why it's illegal there? So yeah. there, there's obviously, was obviously something that they, something they could have done about it. Do. Yeah, but they chose not to. Yeah. But this brings kind of a, a off the topic a little bit on the planning, but still on it. You know, these types of experiences are getting more and more common in hotels. Mm-hmm. People are shifting out. They said, "We well, don't really want yeah. that experience." Yeah. So, what do you specialize in as a campground? Experience. So, if you have park models, campers that are on site that people can rent, people who don't have RVs can come to your park, you have an amazing opportunity yeah. to offer a different experience. So, make sure that you're leveraging Airbnb and, also, and yeah, other things to, that, to yeah. market that.
1: Yeah, make sure, like for cabins especially, put that on Airbnb.
0: Yeah.
1: If you know, if you can, put it on Airbnb because people will be looking for a place to stay. Absolutely. And they might not want to stay in a hotel. They might want to stay at an Airbnb and a cabin's a perfect place to do that.
0: Yeah, especially, I mean, with kids. Kids yeah. have room to go outside and run around and play yeah. and do things that is pretty aggravating in a hotel. Yeah. When yeah. you're all cooped up, everybody's yeah. nerves get high if yeah. they've got young kids running yeah. around. So, yeah, yeah. So, planning. Going back to our point get your pricing right and i can tell you that the marketplace for campgrounds still i hear the complaints oh we don't like dynamic pricing because then what if somebody calls how do i tell them what the price is i got news for you you're making a bigger deal out of this than you need to people understand how dynamic pricing works they're used to it already just tell them go to your website or if you want to walk them through and say hey what days do you want to come I'll check the pricing for you. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Yeah. So get your acting gear. If you're using a reservation software uh, that's been made in the last 10 years, <laughs> you probably have access to flip <laughs> a switch and turn on dynamic pricing. Mm-hmm. If you don't, it may be time to consider a new reservation system.
1: Correct. Gone are the times when you can say, well, every night's $25 a night, grab whatever yeah. site you want. Yeah. You know. Those are, that's not the way we do it anymore. That's not the way the industry works. No. And that's not the way to make any money out of your campground.
0: And remember, you've got increasing costs. You, can, yeah. If your pricing hasn't changed in the past two years,
1: yeah. you
0: have just blown your profit. Yeah. The price yeah. of everything's gone up, yeah. and that includes campsites. So, number yeah. one, dynamic pricing. Get it in gear. Get your pricing updated to plan for the new year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, so we also talk a lot about um, not cutting or cutting expenses and raising prices and we obviously we know which ones better is to raise your prices than to cut expenses but we'll kind of transition out of this and talk about um, the reservation system and updating your website your website's gonna be one of the easiest ways to market anything about your campground Uh, if people are looking for a place to stay the website is typically the first place that they go to. Um, it doesn't really matter whether you think that people go there; they do. If your reservation system's on your website, people are going to your website, so make it look pretty, update it, add some photos, and not just photos of like your sites. Add photos of people having fun at your park.
0: Absolutely.
1: If you have amenities, advertise them. Wi-Fi, advertise that. Um, anything like that. Make sure you are advertising. Through your website more.
0: And also, just a a sideline, one of my pet peeves. On your website, your address and phone number need to be front and center on every single page. If I'm driving in and I have questions about how to get there, what time I'm going to be there, what time I can check in, make it easy for us to find the phone number and the address for the GPS. Also, speaking of GPS... If you are one of those parks where people shouldn't follow their GPS, they could get themselves into trouble, and you need to have specific directions, please make sure those are front and center too, not just on one page with the directions. Any place you list your address, you should put a note about those directions there.
1: There's plenty of times that we've gone in the RV when those roads were definitely not built for the RV. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the one that we had to... Where was that where we had to unhook the truck and turn the RV yeah, around? Yeah, that
0: was on a mountain in Colorado. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> we were in a mountain in Colorado and we were driving. Need another story time button right now. <laughs> um, but we were driving and, you know, we're in the RV and there's this big sign. And it's like, something it turned around now. It road said road
0: closed 14 miles ahead. Yeah. yeah. And we thought, uh-oh, if they're telling us now. <laughs> yeah. So we thought... And... To kind of back up, we had two different GPSs we were testing, like the standard Waze or Apple Maps, and then we were using a trucker GPS trying it out. And the trucker map told us to go to the left at an intersection, and the Waze told us to go to the right. So we took a second, and we were like, okay, let's follow the trucker app. It probably knows better. We're in mountains (laughs) in Colorado. So that's what took us to the way where the road was closed 14 miles ahead. So... We ended up, there was a little bit of a turn off on the side of the road.
1: Not much of one, but not enough when you have
0: a tow vehicle to make that turn and cut it, and you can't back up when you have a tow vehicle. So we ended up, we got kind of blocked the whole road. Luckily, there weren't many cars on that road. And we had to unhook the truck (laughs) and back everything up. Go on back down the mountain a little bit yeah. and turn around and get rehooked. Yeah, and
1: there was a truck that stopped to help us and he said, Well good thing you turned around because you would have never made it down that road. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, good thing we turned around now.
0: Yeah, thanks for giving yeah. us the directions <laughs> <laughs> at that park. Yeah, <laughs> they could have so, helped us.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's so, obviously that's another thing that's sometimes it's not applicable when it is applicable. Make sure that yes. it is on your website yes. everywhere.
0: So you sh- think of your website as the all-purpose instruction manual for every guest who is coming. Whether you think like one person out of 10 needs to know something, mm-hmm. put it out there. You know, people always complain yeah. about the rules. Put them out there. Then you don't have to worry yeah. about somebody saying, well, I didn't know I couldn't bring my five dogs with me. You yeah. should have known it was on the rules on the website. But if you wait until they get there and then tell yeah. them that, you're gonna have unhappy campers.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: So, use that website. It doesn't cost you a thing to add another page or a few more words here or there.
1: Yep, and and you make know, it pretty. Yeah, don't, don't don't trying to figure out how to say this the best way. The cheapest option is almost never the best option. The paid version, paying somebody to design your website. Is most likely going to be a lot more efficient unless you are a website designer than yeah. doing it yourself. The do it yourself thing has to stop. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of the times it just doesn't look right. Things and are, there's things that you would not even notice that everybody else will.
0: And I want to emphasize one thing when I talk about the rules, make sure the tone of your website is right. Yes. Don't make the tone of your website be, don't bring this, don't bring that, don't do this. You're trying to entice somebody to come join you and have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? So tone down the harshness. I know a lot of times as owners, you get into this groove of pet peeves of people who break all your rules, who don't follow what you want them to do. Don't make your website a negative Nelly. You
1: drive more than (laughs) three miles an hour on a golf cart because it's impossible to drive three miles an hour.
0: (laughs) So tone it down. Remember, you're trying to make happy people. Think about put it through the filter. What would Disney do? Yeah. Put it through that filter and look at your website. Would Disney post this on their website? How would they do it? Mm-hmm. Think about that and make sure it's a, a an enticing website that yeah. makes people want to come, not just and, a negative yeah. nail.
1: And another thing on this, talking about the words, hire a copywriter. Yeah. Don't just like say, well, I could do it. No, you can't. You can do it, but not nearly as good as a copywriter.
0: Yeah. And you know? I'm a good one for that because yeah. I write technical Yeah, all the time. I and most too. business owners do. Um, but we have a copywriter, Rebecca. Shout out to Rebecca. She she's going to be on here wonders. soon, too. So yeah, she's going to talk to you. Her visual imaging of words is incredible. And if I were to write a website for a campground, it would say, you know, we have a pool, we have a camp store, yeah. you can get your supplies. If she writes it, it is going to be this incredible journey Magical of... Magical
1: waterway of, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: of fun. I and, mean,
0: you're going to have yeah. a, a whole story picture of words in your head that I am not capable of writing. And yeah. most business owners aren't,
1: yeah, and I mean, you have to find these people, and it's hard to find them that are actually yeah. skilled in copywriting. you know, I'm on the entrepreneurship twitter side of things, and I get like messages, and people are like, "Hey, want to connect um am copywriter from India
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think we've met the match there,
1: maybe." Except for why would, if you're a copywriter, then why wouldn't you use correct grammar? Yeah. Hire somebody who is actually good. Don't worry about trying to find the cheapest option again. You know, sometimes it can be hard because the money doesn't seem worth it or that kind of stuff. But consider your ROI. If this can increase your sales by 10%, by 20%, by X amount of percent, is it worth it? And the chances are, yes, it is.
0: Yeah, find a way to make sure that your website is like your big first impression to anybody. So make sure it's a good one. Yep. An extraordinary one. Yeah.
1: So the next thing we're going to move into is slapping a new coat of paint on something. Yeah. Um, Whether this is cleaning up your fences or, you know, whatever it is.
0: We talk about this a good bit where, uh, you know, when we are immersed in environments Day in, day out, we don't see things that guests would see. So what I suggest here is if you've got a person that you know, we all have that kind of friend who will tell you anything. They will tell you if you have, you know, your something in your nose. You have know, that person, yeah. like they're going to tell you what they see. Invite them over one day and don't get mad. Make yourself <laughs> put on your little shield. But have them tell you what they see. Chances are you have a pile of crap somewhere in the back that people see, but you don't even notice because it's been there for six years. Um, Where could you put a few bucks? This is usually a cheap fix that makes an extraordinary difference. So Mm -hmm. a coat of paint, planting some flowers, trimming some trees, updating faded signage. That's always one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you have handwritten signs somewhere? Oh my goodness! Get rid of those. Go print nice signs at a, a sign shop or get lettering. You know, don't put the sign on the door that says uh, you know your new phone number. Yeah. Run down to the sign shop. Get them to do some vinyl lettering and fix that. Make it look it new. At the
1: very worst case, if you have some sort of emergency, print.
0: Yes, print. Printers.
1: They're the way of the future, And spell check
0: them. Yeah, Yeah. spell check them, please. (laughs) One of my favorite things on Facebook is I uh, work with Kaiser and Bender. They're retail sales experts. And they're forever posting pictures of weird signage that people find. Everybody sends it to them. You know, when people put on their sign out front, we're hiring. And I forget, there's like something underneath it. They're two separate messages, but when you read them all together. Yeah what we're hiring alligators well, another or, one <laughs> another one
1: that we've experienced is the walt mart.
0: oh yeah walt, walt, mart.
1: walt mart
0: walmart does not have a t in it we went well to... it does have a t in it just at the end just <laughs> yeah, not in the middle yeah, of that's it that's true <laughs> uh i went to a. we went to a campground this is probably we figured like seven or eight years ago because you were pretty young yeah. and sick yeah. and i'll never forget their instructions like on their little brochure they had printed up they had a page inside that had nearby restaurants and places to go. And it listed the Walt Mart. And As a I, at that time, excursion. I was like, oh, geez, you know, it was an older yeah. family that ran the campground. Yeah. All right, I give them a little pass. Maybe but, they
1: got a typo, yeah.
0: All right, I visited there recently. <laughs> like they, literally
1: seven years later.
0: Yes, they updated that sheet because it was newly printed. It wasn't one of those that was like sideways on the copier. Yeah. So they updated that sheet. That sheet said Walmart on it five times. They still think it's Walmart.
1: It's so not, people. It's
0: not. But spell check your signs, <laughs> make sure they look decent. Again, put it through that filter. What would Disney do? <laughs> would Disney put the sign on the wall that has a marker that says the toilet's out of order? No uh uh-uh. They'd
1: have a picture of Mickey Mouse there with a little <laughs> yeah. speech bubble to tell you that the toilets are broken.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it would be printed and it would look like it was supposed to be used yep. when that yep. situation arises. Yep. So slap a coat of paint on something, fix something up, have somebody ha- teach you to get rid of some pile or something you got yep. going on.
1: Yep. And these two kind of go hand in hand, but we're going to talk about making a list of improvements, um... If you notice that in the near future your electric boxes need to be painted better, or um, your picnic tables are broken in half and you got splinters coming up out of them, or um, you know your campsite is getting a bit rough around the edges, yep, anything like that. If you see lists of improvements, they might not be things that you need to do right this instant, but things that need to be done pretty soon so that your campsite and campground do not look like crap
0: and one of the reasons you want to make a list of this is i always have my campground owners especially when we first start working together make this list and under each item after you've made the list i want you to add in two other columns so first off about how much would it cost so is this a hundred thousand dollar swimming pool fix or is this a five grand we need to add a new fence Mm -hmm. all right so put an estimated price doesn't have to be exact but a ballpark and then next to it i want you to put in what would happen if you had this would you be able to get a return on your investment faster on one thing versus another so maybe the fence doesn't give you the faster reinvestment uh, a return on investment but having a swimming pool heater in the winter would expand your season by two months in the shoulders and you could get more guests. Mm-hmm. Or you could command a higher price if you had a swimming pool. Uh, look at those return on investment side to help you prioritize because if you have two projects that cost the same amount, how do you decide which one comes first? You look at the one with the greater return on investment.
1: Yep, yep. And, and another thing we to- or is discuss a lot, lot treating your park park and the things you buy as an investment not as a purchase there's a big difference when you look at it as well I'm just blowing $5,000 on you know a picnic table or I'm investing $5,000 so that more people can visit my park and more people will see the beautiful picnic table at my park you know and have a better experience there's a big mindset shift when you think think of things things as an investment investment versus a purchase
0: yes yeah definitely so get that list of improvements ready and this is something you can continually update as you think of new things or as you cross things off the list and complete them Mm
1: -hmm. yep so we're going to move into the newsletter i know i popped it up on the screen for video listeners you probably just saw or video watchers you probably just saw it um We're going to talk about a newsletter in our part two. We're going to just go kind of brief on this, and we'll do more episodes on this in the future. But have a newsletter. Yeah. When you see something pop up in your email, most people check their email fairly regularly. I check mine four or five times a day. So I see my email very constantly. Anytime something pops up, I see it almost instantly because it pops up as a notification on my phone, which I always have. Uh, But if somebody is like, Thinking, where should we go over spring break? And they see this nice newsletter pop up that says, "Well, we're offering a new pool. We're offering new fences. We have new fences, or I don't know about new fences necessarily, but Maybe patio but with sites a, or... with a picture where it looks really nice, where your park looks presentable. People are going to be a lot more willing, and it's a good marketing, not scheme, but marketing." tactic Uh, tactic that's the word i'm looking for not scheme um (laughs) kind of is a scheme but it's a good scheme yeah that makes sense yeah but it's a good way to market your park so if somebody sees something pop up on your newsletter yeah so best
0: practice when you take a reservation i hope you're getting an email address so if you're using online systems you're definitely getting that um if you're not you need to make sure that you're able to capture the email address of somebody making a reservation in one way, shape, or form, whether Mm -hmm. it's just them telling it to you and you putting it into your system. You need to be sending them a confirmation of that. Mm -hmm. So if you're capturing that information, guess what? You have a mailing list. Mm -hmm. This is a a goldmine of marketing, okay? When you get that email address, you want to make sure they're added to your marketing list. So with your newsletter, a couple things I want to add. Uh, First off, events. When you have events in your your system, you want to be sending those out. And I'd give it a good six or eight weeks in advance if you can, because that's going to be your booking site and people need time to plan. So events should be in there. If you have any new features, upgrades, uh, new patio sites you've added, new sites, um, a new local event. Center has opened nearby that you're cross promoting. Uh, promote that. Also, if you are having uh, a, a slow time of the year, now that's the perfect place to say, okay, next weekend, come in for the weekend and get an extra day because we're trying to build guests to fill those lower time frames in your occupancy. Or Uh, if you visit this event center we'll give you x percent Mm -hmm. off of your reservation there's a lot of things you can do and just being top of mind letting people remember that fabulous time they had the fabulous Mm -hmm. experience at your park the last time they were there
1: yep so events we'll talk about events for a quick minute here but events are um a great another great way to market whether it's you know, something that has to do with your park or whether it's just, like, inviting a local, say, Rotary Club or something like that into your park. Um, Having, like, a pavilion or something like that to get more community involvement in your park is definitely going to help you grow and expand.
0: Absolutely. And those types of clubs, uh, whether it's a civic club in your area or some particular interest area club um they're always looking for places to meet and typically they're trying to meet in a restaurant because that's a place that already has chairs and tables or some place to sit Uh, but restaurants have to cover their costs as well so they typically have either a minimum fee or an amount per person that they need to make to make sure that use of their space is good but if you have a pavilion or a meeting room in your park that for the most part isn't being used consistently, especially weekdays when most Mm -hmm. of those people would meet. Um, This is a great way to bring people in who might not know you exist. And go back to that, maybe they don't even camp, but they need a cabin or Mm -hmm. friends are coming into town. Guess where they're going to think of to send their business first.
1: I know that's definitely the case here. We have uh, a friend that comes down sometimes, or comes up from Texas sometimes in their RV. They're camping right now and they're always camping, but, They come here, and whenever they come here, you know, sometimes they're like, well, we could stay at the state park. But then other times we're like, well, this is a really nice campground. There's a really nice campground around us. And we tell them, hey, we have got a lot of community stuff going on around here, so you should go stay here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So So. open up your world to the people who are close by to you Mm -hmm. who may not, you know if somebody lives five miles away, chances are they're probably not camping in your park. But, <laughs> but if you
1: need to at some point, like we've had before where we need to hook up to sewage yeah and we need a few nights just if to we're stay clean out. We got spring. clean out or if we're selling a camper or um, yeah. just bought a camper, and need to transition the stuff in and out of the camper, we do tend to stay at a park around us. Yeah. that's only five or ten miles away just so that we can ensure Convenient. that it's easy yeah yeah
0: or if even um, we've had one other time we needed to have uh, some repairs tested out mm-hmm. things like that so yeah and and sometimes people do camp local it's like oh, i can't yeah. get away for the whole week yeah. but we can go camp and maybe i'll just pop in after work yeah hey you know people sometimes don't even think about that but if they're familiar with your park because they came in for some other events, you bring a lot of people in. Also, one other quick idea there, um, if your local Chamber of Commerce does events, uh, like business after hours, business before hours, you are a fabulous place to bring those people in. Those are your community leaders, business owners for the most part. They would be great to come in, and uh, they talk to a lot of people who are coming to your area. So, great resource for you. Free marketing.
1: Yep. Yep. That never hurts.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, the million-dollar idea for today, again, is plan, 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 and plan plan. some more. Um, Keep planning.
0: Yes. We've got some exciting things coming your way with deeper ideas on planning soon, too, and... We have, have been
1: planning a lot of good episodes <laughs> for this podcast. So y'all stay tuned. We got some good stuff coming. Um keep your eyes peeled. We're gonna be posting this weekly on I forget what day of the week. I wanna say Monday. Um, uh, whatever day of the week this comes out, whatever day of the week Halloween is on twenty twenty two. If that's a Monday, which I think it is. Um uh, this podcast is gonna come out every Monday, so make sure you look out for us. We'll be posting it on social media. You can follow us at Campground Compass on Facebook, at camp or at Campground Compass. Yeah, I think it's at Campground Compass. If not, at Campground Compass Podcast on Facebook. I know it's at Campground Compass on Instagram, um, YouTube's Soon to be YouTube. at Campground Compass. Um, yep, definitely on YouTube as well. We'll have our at Campground Compass tag when YouTube does their handles, um, which they are apparently doing soon so we're excited for that um, stay tuned mark so, your yeah.
0: calendar and yep. make sure you don't miss a beat
1: yep we'll see y'all next week
0: thank you for listening to campground compass i'm so glad you joined us check out the show notes and more of our seasoned advice at campground compass while you're there be sure to explore the archives for previous episodes And if you never want to miss a single audio adventure in four-season business growth, subscribe to this podcast here and on YouTube. If you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. It would be very much appreciated. Friends on social media, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Campground Compass. Until next time, stay savvy.